Hey, thanks for checking out this week's message. We hope you're blessed by the Word of God. For more information on River of Life, you can check out our website, rolmt.com, or download our app. Just search R-O-L-M-T in your app store. Thanks. Uh, We're going to just jump right into the Word here. I told you the last week as we were looking at scripture, we spent a little bit of time um, looking more into the scripture that we'd been using the weeks before. Now, I do want to reread those to you again, just a little bit more context. John chapter 8, verse 31 says this, to the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Isn't that amazing? Truth not only equals love, but it also equals freedom for us. Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me, for I have come here from God. I have not come on my own. God sent me. Why is my language not clear to you? Because you are unable to hear what I say. You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. God, right now, we pray over your word. We pray, Lord, that you would uh, show us what we need to see. Lord, help me to get out of the way. Father, I pray you'll be front and center. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So we started this series, and we talked about the importance of God's word Uh, We talked about this being foundational. We said that this is true from beginning to end, and and anybody that tells you otherwise is a liar, and they are not doing God's will. The The second week, we talked about not only knowing this book, but believing it and obeying it. And we just read in that scripture where Jesus is talking to these Pharisees, and he says to them, hey, guys, if you obey, you'll find freedom. And so when we talk about this, sometimes we think, oh, obedience is hard and it's, and it's gonna make my life more difficult. But reality is Jesus said, that's not what it's about. When you obey, you actually find freedom. And then last weekend, we talked about the identity lie and how many of us have bought into a false sense of identity that comes from this world. And your heavenly father created you and designed you and loves you and has a purpose and an identity for you. And we need to figure out how to get in tune with that voice so that we can understand what he's saying about us. And after I preached that last week, I had multiple people come up to me and they said that they were struggling with insecurity. And I want to touch on that for just a moment. This isn't what I'm preaching about. This is some bonus material for you. But um, insecurity is a powerful force. And in some ways, insecurity is the ultimate insult to God. Because when we allow insecurity to override God's purpose in our lives, we're implying that he didn't quite do a good enough job with us. Pride says, you can either be insecure or you can be proud. And pride on the other side of that is, is is a way of us looking at ourselves and thinking really highly of ourselves. But insecurity says that we are deficient and that we're not enough and that, that somehow we didn't get made right. It also can serve as an excuse for us to not to do what God wants us to do. And so I want to talk about that just for a second before we jump into what our topic is this evening, because I think many of you struggle in this area of insecurity, and those are things you've got to to learn how to hand those to God 
So when you start feeling that rise up inside of you, take a moment and pray and say, God, will you show me how you see me? Because God sees you and he loves you. He didn't make a mistake when he made you. He designed you on purpose. So that was bonus material. Now we're going to jump into what I'm going to talk about tonight. John chapter 20, verse 19. On the evening of the first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. So I want to walk through this just a little bit because the disciples have gone through quite an upheaval. They're walking with Jesus, and we've talked about this quite a bit in here, but they're walking with Jesus. Uh, imagine that he had had this triumphal entry into Jerusalem. He walks in, everybody's shouting and praising, excited to see Jesus, excited to see the disciples. And then literally just days later, they're arresting him. They're putting him on trial. And now he's, he's been hung on a cross. He's been crucified. He died. And now they're in this place where they're afraid for their own lives. And so the Bible says that they're basically locked down in fear. So what has changed? An experience has changed the worldview. And Jesus uh, was captured and tried and put to death. And now the Bible says that these same men who walked with their shoulders high and probably looking to the crowds for, for affirmation, now they're walking hunched over in fear, locked down. And Peter had transitioned from bold faith, from somebody who's willing to step out of a boat and to walk on water, to someone who's now locked down in fear. So I wanna, I wanna look at that process because I think many of us in the church today, if we're not locked down in fear, we're darn close to it. We've gotten to a place where we're so afraid of what someone might think or what someone might say, and, and we need to get to a place where we understand how is it that you get there, and then how do I get out of that? So maybe you aren't thinking uh, about, maybe you sit here and you're not even thinking about your future right now. You're just hoping that you can get through today. You're hoping you get through tomorrow. Maybe you've experienced something that has, has put you in a place where, where you are, um, you're constantly even questioning your faith journey. Peter has been in this place where he's walked with Jesus. He's seen what Jesus can do. He's seen Jesus raise other people from the dead. And now Jesus has died and now all the Jewish leaders are out to hunt down the disciples. So they're locked in fear. They're locked away. But before all this happened, he was bold. Listen to Luke chapter 22, verse 54. Then seizing him, they led him away and took him into the house of the high priest. Peter followed at a distance. So I want to look at this, what's taken place. As we break down Peter's story, we go from walking on water, we go to the Last Supper, we go to him pulling out his sword in the Garden of Gethsemane. We see that uh, then he's, he's following at a distance. What happens after he follows at a distance is he actually is put into a position where somebody says, hey, aren't you the guy that was with Jesus? And he denies. And then somebody else asks, and, and, and it was a young girl, actually. It wasn't like it was a big soldier that asked him. And he denies again. And then he's asked and he denies yet again. So here, walking on water, pulling his sword, ready to go to battle. And then he follows at a distance. 
And now we see that he has, he's come to a place where he is um, denying Christ and now he's locked in fear. The disciples walked in boldness when they walked with Jesus. Then when Jesus was gone, Peter denies him and denounced him. So I want to just say this. When we walk with Jesus, we're bold. When we follow at a distance, fear creeps in. With no Jesus, we're locked in fear. The enemy takes your courage as you follow from a distance. I want to land on this for just a moment this evening. Because I believe that there are many of us who are called by his name. Many people who attend church regularly. Many people who spend time maybe even in his word. But we follow at a distance. And what does that mean? It means that we hold Jesus at arm's length. You can come in, but you can only come in so far into my life. There are things in my life that I want to I hold separate from you. There are things in my life that I don't want you to be any part of. And when we do that, what that, what that means is we start to follow him from a distance. The power comes when we walk with him. Amen. The power is not there when we walk following him at a distance. And so for some of you in the room, as, even as I say that, you may be going, what does that even mean for me? What it may mean for you is maybe that secret sin that you've been really good at hiding for a long time. You just think, well, as long as nobody finds out, it will be fine. Whatever that thing is. Maybe it's, maybe it's an addiction that you've said, you know what, I've gotten better than I once was, so it, it's, it's fine. Can I tell you, all of those things are separators. They keep us from being close to Jesus as we can because we always have that thing that's rolling around in the back of our head. Jesus wants you to walk with him. He doesn't want you to follow at a distance. Peter still believed in Jesus even when he was following him at a distance. But he knew if he got too close to Jesus at that point, there would be scrutiny and maybe even punishment that would happen. Many of us, I think, in Western culture, especially right now in the season that we're in, many of us choose to follow a little bit at a distance out of fear of what can happen. Right. If I'm seen being too close to Jesus, I may, be, I may have repercussions with my work or with my friends or with... with uh, social media, whatever that looks like, so we get to a place where we follow at a distance so we can keep our eye on Jesus, but nobody has to know that we're actually with Jesus. Peter had never been a watcher before. He'd always been a participant. And boldness came when you're in the middle of what Jesus is doing. Why, why would somebody ever think, hey, you know what? I'd like to walk on water. That sounds cool. Because he'd already walked with Jesus. He understood if, if anybody can make this happen, it's him. And, and so when Jesus comes walking out, Peter doesn't even think twice. He's like, hey, let me come out there. But now he finds himself walking at a distance. He finds himself not even bold enough to walk with Jesus because he allowed things like fear. Joshua chapter 10, verse 25. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Be strong and courageous. This is what the Lord will do to all your enemies when you are going, are going to fight. So after that, Joshua ends up killing five kings of his enemies. He ends up, he ends up just being an incredible warrior. But God is saying, listen, don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. Be strong. Walk in courage right? Because God is with you. Yes. Does the church in America know that God is with us? Right. Amen. Amen. Wow. Okay. 
Let's try this side. Does the church in America know that God is with us? God is with you. God is for you. His word is true. So if we actually speak his truth, can it cause repercussions? Sure. If Peter hadn't followed at a distance, if he had walked right by Jesus and said, I'm with you, Lord, would they have arrested him? Maybe. But can I tell you later on, Peter ends up being way more bold. He uses your current pain to, the enemy is really good. He's got a lot of tools and he'll use your current pain to translate fear of the future. So many of you, you've walked through some really hard stuff. And so when, when all of a sudden you begin to think about what could happen, the what ifs in life are some of the most destructive things that we can ever fall prey to because there's always that what if, what if, what if, what if, but we can't live there as believers. We're called to, to listen to his word and to chase what he says and to understand that if my God is for me, who can be against me? He uses your past to stop you from moving forward. I've used this analogy in here before, but I really think that it's important for us to understand. There's a reason that when you get into your car tonight and you're going to drive home, that your windshield is much bigger than your rear view mirror. There's a reason, because the rear view mirror is meant to be glanced at, the windshield is meant to be looked through. So in front of you is what's important, not what's behind you. And so I think that many of us get lost in this because we get so stuck in our own past and our own shame and our own story that we don't see the road that's in front of you. But if you get into your car tonight, please don't do this. Please do not do this. But if you get into your car tonight and you say, I'm going to drive all the way home, not looking out the windshield once. I'm going to just look at the rear view mirror. How many of you know you will not make it out of the parking lot? If we have an accident leaving tonight, I'm going to know that I'm in trouble. Um, right? It's not meant, it's not meant for you to spend a lot of time staring. It's meant to glance. So there's, there's three things that I really want us to look at this evening because there's three reasons that we should ever look back. There's only three, only three reasons you should look back. The first one is to learn, learn what you should have done different, learn what you did wrong, learn from your mistakes, learn, right? Like if you're if you're, if you're sitting in a, in a place where you're like, oh man, I, I'm, I'm, thinking about, um, I'm thinking about dating a, a non-believer and you've done that before, then look back and go, how did that end, right? Well, this guy may be different or this girl might be different than the last one. Look back just for a second and go, well, let's learn a lesson from what's behind us, okay? Maybe, you, maybe you've had an addiction and you've, you've said, well, you know what? I, I, at one point in your life, you, you still, maybe your addiction is drinking or, or drugs or whatever it is. And so you went and you went to a party where there was that stuff happening. And at one point you failed and you ended up going backwards. And now you're sitting there and you're like, ah, but you know what? I think these guys are cool. And even though they're doing that stuff, it won't affect me. Well, just take a moment, look in the rearview mirror and go, oh, nope, that wasn't a good idea, right? That's an okay time to look back. Look back and learn from what you did. The second one is to be grateful. I, I talk to people all the time who are like, man, my life is so hard and I feel like I'm failing in my faith and all these things. And what I love to do is I love to go, hey, let's just, let's just look back over the last year and see how far you've come. Yes. 
right? Because we forget. It's very easy to forget how far we've actually come. And when we can glance in the rearview mirror and go, oh man, yeah, I once was, but now I'm. And though I'm not perfect here, I'm at least further than I was, right? And so God, I'm so grateful to you because you're so faithful in my life and, and, and the place that I was, I'm not anymore and I'm super excited now about what you're doing. And so that's an okay time to use the rear view mirror. The third time is to grow. Look back to see where you've come from and, and use that as a growing experience. If you all of a sudden get excited that, hey, look how far I've come, now I'm going to use that experience to say, now I wanna move forward in that. And I want to get closer to him. But many times we spend our time when we're looking in the rearview mirror, wallowing in our shortcomings. God does not want you to live in shame. He does not want you to live in sorrow from past mistakes. He wants you to live in the victory of today because he is with you. We celebrated it tonight as we took communion. That's a celebration of a God who loves you and a savior who came and died for you, not so that you can wallow in the, in the garbage that you did in the past, but that so you can know that you're set free from it because of what he's done for you. I know many of you have heard this saying before, but I, I just wrote it down again because I think it's such an important one. Many of you live your life thinking that you let God down and you can never let him down because you are never the one holding him up. He's holding you up. He's holding you up. Some of you need to hear that tonight. Yeah, give him a round of applause because he's the one holding you up. And if you blow it, if you make a mistake, he's there and he will pick you back up. He'll brush you off. He loves his children. He loves you. Uh, as a parent, uh, uh, we've, I can't even imagine, like, if your little kid did something wrong and you just were like, nope, done with you. I'm just dropping you off on the road. We'll, we'll get a new one, right? But many of us act as though that's how God is with us. Like, you blow it and you think, oh, I, oh he's done with me. He's not done with you. He loves you. You're his child. I want to reread that, the first part of the verse that we started with. On the evening of the first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. How many teenagers received the baptism of the Holy Spirit this week? I think, I think I just said there was like 17 of them from this church alone. That's awesome. We're going to hear some testimonies from that uh, next week. Um, Hunter doesn't know that yet, but he does now. Um, so Jesus breathes on them and he says, begin to realize that they can, so that they begin to realize that they can walk with Jesus again even when he's not physically present with them. And so then what happens is this amazing moment. They go from being locked down in fear to having a new understanding that Jesus is now with them, that God is with them. 
And in Acts chapter 4, verse 13, we see that when, when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. So what's happened is now Peter and John, they're, they're speaking and they're speaking boldly, again in a place where they could be in trouble, but they went from being locked in fear to being bold. The same men who had done that are now bold and they're courageous God has also made that available for you and I. And, and what you need to understand is that God loves you and, and he is not surprised by anything that is going on in our culture right now. There's none of that that shocks him. He's, he's known things from the very beginning to the very end. He's the alpha, the omega, the beginning. He knows it all. But he set a plan in motion when he sent Jesus to die on the cross and he made a way so that you and I can have a relationship. We become sons and daughters. And then when he sent the Holy Spirit to this earth so that you and I can walk empowered. But what's happened is even though the breath has come and we've, we've said, okay, God said that I can, that greater things I will do than even Jesus did. That's what the word says. Do we believe the word? So, so what if the disciples, Jesus came, he breathed on them, gave them an assignment, and they said, you know what? We want to stay locked in fear. We'll just stay here. It's more comfortable. We know that we won't get in trouble out there, and we'll just hang out locked in fear. The church has become locked in fear, and that, it's time for that to be done. I get it. Some of you are like, man, I, when is this series over already? <laughs> I don't know the answer to that yet. We'll see. But it's important for us to understand that, that God is saying, listen, we've got to be strong. We've got to be bold. We've got to be courageous. We've got to walk in this faith that we say that we have instead of being locked in fear. Some of you, you've got so much fear in you right now. You've got things in your life that are bound you up. And I'm telling you right now, God has not given you a spirit of fear. He wants to set you free from that. And in just a few moments, the worship team is going to come and they're going to get ready to, to lead us in some more worship. But during that time, I'm going to ask our prayer teams to be down here because I really feel and believe that there are many of you in this room, whatever it is, whether it's fear of what's going on in the culture, whether it's fear of, 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 of some stuff going on in your life, maybe you just got anxiety. Can I tell you, our God is bigger than all of that. And he has called you into a place where you don't have to walk in that anymore. And so tonight, my, my hope and my prayer for this evening was that we could come to a place where, first of all, we can be honest with each other. I know for some of you, you do have fear. Whatever it is, you have fear of your marriages breaking up. You got fear of, of going to past addictions. You got fear of, of, of the end of the world. You got fear, whatever your fear is. And, and admit it is almost to feel like I'm weak. But that's not true. Strength is found when we say, God, I am in this place, but I'm giving all of this to you. And I know for a fact that God is going to touch some people tonight. And you're going to walk out of here with that fear broken off of your life. And you're going to experience freedom. The enemy will lie to you and he will tell you that fear is just part of your everyday life. The enemy will lie to you and say, you'll never get to the other side of it, so why try? The enemy will lie to you tonight and say, if you go up there to get prayed for, you're gonna leave disappointed. He's good at what he does. He's been doing it for a long time. 
But God's word tells me that I can have freedom from fear. And that's truth. So let's, let's end the lies of the enemy. Let's come to a place where we, like Peter, can come full circle to a place where the enemy continues to lie and manipulate and do all the things that he does. But when I hear that God's word says that I don't have to live that way anymore, that I can actually believe that and walk it out and trust it and know it to be true in my life. And when the enemy comes back and, and starts to lie to me again, I can go back and say, the God of the universe is my dad. Hallelujah. He's got, you got no authority in my life. Amen. And I'm not gonna believe your lies anymore. And the thing is, is the more we get into his word, like we talked about, the more we get into his word, the more we know his promises. We know what he says about us. We know what our identity is. We know all of those things. But for many of us, the reason we struggle with the lies and the fear is because we don't spend any time looking at what he says. So all the voices we hear are from out there. We've got to start listening to him and walking in it trusting in it, believing in it. I'm going to have everybody close your eyes with me for just a moment. I know that there are many of you in this room tonight who, if you're honest, you are locked in fear. It has changed the way that you even walk out your life, your fear. Whatever that is for you, it's, it's affecting you. And tonight, if that's you, I'm going to ask you to do me a favor. And I just want you to lift up your hand because I want to pray over everybody who's struggling in this area tonight. Yeah, there's hands going up all over the place. Yep. All over the place. If you're struggling with fear, I'm going to ask you to just keep your hand in the air while we pray. That's, that's a sign you're saying, God, I, I want to receive what he's, what he's talking about tonight. I'm tired of being locked in fear. I want to experience the fullness of what you have for me. And the enemy will keep throwing that fear at you so you'll follow at a distance. And Jesus is saying, walk by me. Come with me. Holy Spirit, right now, we just come before you and we pray and we ask God that you would speak to those in this room right now who have their hands in the air who are saying, I am locked in fear. I am struggling. There are things in my life that I'm afraid of. Maybe it's afraid to speak out. Maybe it's afraid to speak truth because it might be misrepresented. Maybe it's a fear of a relationship failing. Maybe it's a fear of being alone. Maybe it's a fear of letting you down, God. Whatever the fear is, God, I pray that as we speak it, in just a moment that God, it will be a release point in our lives where we'll take that fear and we'll release it to you. And we'll believe you and we'll take, it, take you at your word that God, you don't want us to have a spirit of fear, but that God, you're giving us boldness and strength. And God, I pray that as we speak those fears in just a moment, I pray God that boldness will take its place, that courage will come in. That, God, you will show us your love and your mercy and your acceptance. And, God, we break shame off in this room right now in Jesus' name. So, God, I just, I thank you 
So those of you who have your hand in the air, just keep your eyes closed, everybody in the room, just for a moment. You don't have to say it really loud, but I do want you to, I want you to speak. If there's a fear particularly that comes to your mind, I want you to speak that fear out right now. And that's a moment of release. You're releasing it. It doesn't belong to you anymore. You're, you're letting it go. God, we thank you for those who boldly raised their hand and said, this is my fear and I'm letting it go. And God, we just pray, Father, that it will be released. It's broken from them right now. We give you all the praise today. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you stand as we worship the prayer team? Hey, thanks for listening. River of Life is a ministry in East Missoula, Montana. We exist for one purpose, to make Jesus famous by showing his love to the lost, broken, and hurting. For more information, you can check us out online at rolmt.com. If you've made a decision to follow Jesus today, we'd love to talk to you about what comes next. Shoot us an email at nextstep at rolmt.com. Thanks.